If you're anything like me, every time you read the headline news, you're getting depressed. Well, today we're talking about seeking holiness. So stick around and let's talk about it. Houston, we have a problem. Habemos papan. Podcasting from a parking lot in the Woodlands, Texas, it's the Catholic Hack with Joe McLean. Take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. 1 Peter 3.15 Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. It will be shed for you and for all, so that sins may be forgiven. The Church of the Living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. 1 Timothy 3.15 Do this in memory of Welcome back to The Catholic Hack. I'm Joe McLean, and this is episode number 81. And today we're going to do several things. We're going to catch up. I've got a lot of uh, sort of back-shelved promotional items that I want to bring up today. Today is a great show to to do all that. I also want to talk about seeking holiness, and we're going to get into that as that relates to the current headline news, the current state of affairs, what's going on in the world. And so we're going to talk about all of those items today and so much more. So it's a jam-packed show, and I hope you enjoy that. I'm also broadcasting live on Ustream right now. And so if you're in the chat room, thank you for listening. Thank you for stopping by. I want you to consider doing that in the future. Now, unfortunately for you, I sort of leave last-minute heads up on that. I wait to the last possible second to let anybody know that I'm going to go live in the Ustream window there. So best place to, to look for that kind of information on my Twitter account. That's Catholic underscore hack. So twitter.com forward slash Catholic underscore hack. That's the best way to get any information about what's going on at the last minute with the Catholic Hack podcast. Well, you know, as always, we really like to start with a prayer. So let's do that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory and honor and power be to you, Almighty God. You alone are worthy of praise. And so we come before you to praise your holy name. O Heavenly Father, I ask that your will be done in this podcast tonight, that you speak to our hearts about seeking after you, seeking holiness. In a world that's dark, let us be light. Let us shine as the city set on a hill, a light set on a lamppost, not under a bushel basket, but for all to see. May we be holiness in this world, or at least try. Give us the strength and the grace to serve you, to be the pencil in your hand, or the donkey on which Christ Jesus rides today. And so we pray to St. Michael the Archangel to assist us. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world for the ruin of souls. Amen. As always... We invite Dr. Scott Hahn from the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology to come and to break bread with us. This Sunday's readings situate us in a place that may be familiar. 
We know Jesus is present to us, though we don't see him as we wish. And as always, we await the outpouring of his Holy Spirit. How should we live in this place between promise and fulfillment? Find out more next on Breaking the Bread. This Sunday's first reading begins by giving us a time frame. The events take place during the days between Christ's ascension and the Feast of Pentecost. We're at the same point in our liturgical calendar. On Ascension Thursday, we celebrate His being taken up in glory, and then Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate His sending of the Holy Spirit upon the church. Jesus' prayer in the Gospel captures the mood of departure and the anticipation. He's telling us how it will be when he's no longer in the world. By his ascension, the Lord has established his throne in heaven, as we sing in this Sunday's psalm. His kingdom is in his church, which continues his mission on earth. Jesus fashioned his kingdom as a new Jerusalem, a new house of David. He entrusted this kingdom to his 12 apostles, who were to preside at the Eucharistic table and to rule with him over the restored 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 apostles symbolize those 12 tribes and hence the fulfillment of God's plan for Israel and the nations. That's why it was crucial to replace Judas so that the church in its fullness receives the Spirit at Pentecost. Peter's leadership of the apostles is another key element of the church as it's depicted in our readings. Notice that Peter's unquestionably exercising authority, interpreting the scriptures, deciding upon a course of action, even defining the nature of the apostolic ministry. No one has ever seen God, as we hear in this Sunday's epistle, yet through the church, founded on his apostles, the witnesses to the resurrection, the world will come to know and believe in God's love that he sent his son to be our savior. Through the church, Jesus' pledge still comes to us that if we love, God will remain with us in our trials and protect us from the evil one. By his word of truth, he will help us grow in holiness and reach the perfection of love. This is Scott Hahn for Breaking the Bread. Breaking the Bread is a production of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. If you'd like to receive written copies of Dr. Hahn's reflections on the Sunday Mass readings, you can contact us by email at staff at salvationhistory.com or call us at 740-264-9535. That's 740-264-9535. Well, we live in a dark world. At least that's what it seems to me. There's so much depressing information out there. Every time I read the headline news, I just sink more and more down into my chair. And so today we're going to talk about seeking holiness in a dark world. So let's roll up our sleeves and let's dive deep and let's get into the truth about seeking holiness. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This school when I sit, even just a little bit, I get hit with the power that made the veil in the temple split. When I submit, fall on the floor and the door. Can't get enough, got to come back for some more. Hey, we've got a problem here. Sinner, every woman in the tree can benefit in this school. Mr. Hammond, take her down. Make your depth 150 feet. 
10 degree down bubble. 150 feet, 10 degree down bubble. Aye, sir. Dive, dive, dive. Well, let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace to you and peace from our Lord and God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, in paragraph 1692 and 1693 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it says, The symbol of the faith confesses the greatness of God's gift to man in his work of creation, and even more in redemption and sanctification. What faith confesses, the sacraments communicate. By the sacraments of rebirth, Christians have become children of God, partakers of the divine nature, coming to see in the faith their new dignity. Christians are called to lead henceforth a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. They are made capable of doing so by the grace of Christ and the gifts of His Spirit which they receive through the sacraments and through prayer. Christ Jesus always did what was pleasing to the Father and always lived in perfect communion with Him. Likewise, Christ's disciples are invited to live in the sight of the Father who sees in secret in order to, to become perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. You really ought to read Part 3, Life in Christ of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It is a great article. Or it's a great section of that wonderful book, The Catechism of the Catholic Church. But this one really leads us into what it means to seek holiness. It means communion with God himself. And if you listened carefully, you heard that, yes, it's a tall order for a, a person like myself, for example, a sinful wretch of a man that I am, to seek after holiness, to live holiness. But we are told that it's the grace of God that makes it possible. Nothing by what I do, but it's because I'm now a Christian, a son of the Most High, that I now have a new dignity, one that far exceeds my own. And because of that dignity, it would be beneath me to live in a sinful, wretched kind of way. Think about the Queen of England, for example, going rollerblading in the park. Is there anything wrong with rollerblading in the park? No, but it's sort of beneath her dignity to do so. And it's kind of that example that I want you to think about or keep in the back of your brain as we get into this discussion today about seeking holiness, at least for the first part of the podcast. I've got a lot of other stuff that I wanted to chat with you about in the second half. But this first half is about seeking holiness. And I, I sort of put it into the context of, of the headline news. Because if you're a, a devout Catholic and you read or view the news, you're pretty depressed right now especially here in the United States, but I'm sure it's the same all over the world. But here in the U.S., you know, just recently we had President uh, Obama give the commencement speech at Notre Dame, a prestigious Catholic university here in the States. That's kind of a sad thing. It's a sad day for a Catholic university to honor a man who's so blatantly against the dignity of the most innocent of our culture, most innocent of our world. That's the unborn. His policies speak volumes for what he really believes about the dignity of life at its conception. His cabinet is some of the most pro-abortion members ever to, to sit in the White House. He himself has 
is funded it with our taxpayer dollars, funded overseas abortions. He's now fu- increasing funding for domestic abortions. He's reversing the conscience clause of medical professionals. He's, you know, funding embryonic stem cell research. So that's all very depressing to us. And it's been beaten like a dead horse, been all over the news. So I don't need to get into some long tirade about that. Needless to say, we shouldn't, as Catholics, be honoring a man who who is so against the dignity of the human person. For all people are made in the image and likeness of God, no matter what they believe, think, feel, or do, or say. So if we can respect those who are so against what we believe, why can't they respect those who aren't even able to defend themselves? and the right to life. So it's a sad situation. Not to mention Georgetown University, another Catholic school who not only allowed President Obama to come, but to cover all the symbols, all the names and the images of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's another part, aspect of what I want to talk about briefly tonight. How about the fact that we have embryonic stem cell research now is a major affront, a major attack in our modern culture. Now, if you study this or follow this at all, you'll realize that there has been zero health benefit from embryonic stem cell research. Zero. And it's being done in places like China and other places around the world. And there's been zero health benefit. Yet, we're going to fund it. But adult stem cell research has been marvelously wonderful, has had many, many different medical uh great potentials uh, for science and cures. But we're sort of losing the focus from what does work and what is not morally obscure and morally challenging to what is not working and what is morally challenging. Challenging, That's embryonic stem cell research. The economy. The economy in the U.S. is a scary thing. It's a scary thing all over the country, all over the world rather, but here in the United States, a lot of people are getting very, very nervous that we are about to lose our AAA credit status as a nation. We're about to print up more dollars to bail out California and other states who have troubling economies. If the economy busts in this country, this is going to be a very scary place for a lot of us to be living. So what do we do in a time with all of this negativity, all of this What seems to just be depression. I mean, do you not feel the weight on your shoulders of what's going on? Morally, ethically, spiritually? Now more than ever, we must seek holiness. Now more than ever, we must seek after God. Because without Him, then all of this will be overwhelming. But with Him, all of this is put into its proper context. We must be like St. Peter. Lord, bid me to come to you on the water. We must step out of the boat. If we keep our eyes on our Lord and ignore the waves around us, then we too can endure this. We can endure this. And so tonight, I want to just read to you a few brief passages from the Holy uh, Sacred Scripture. Mine is the RSV version. It's the one I love the most. And uh, I want to read to you about seeking holiness and why it's so important. I already read to you from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, but, you know, in 1 Peter... Our first Pope, St. Peter, said to us, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. I'm actually going to 
back up to verse 13. It said, Therefore, gird up your minds, be sober, set your hope fully upon the grace that is coming to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be holy as he who called you is holy. What I want you to understand right out of the gate initially here is that it's not an option. It's been set forward very straightforward for us that we must seek it, actively pursuing holiness. Now, I know what you're saying, but wait a minute, Joe. I mean, we're sinful people. Is holiness really possible? Well, you know, there used to be a saying in the military when I served in the Marine Corps, ours is not to question, but ours is but to do or die. We just must do. We must seek it. Why? Because we have to. It's one of those rules. We just have to follow Oh, the burden of it all. No. <laughs> we do it not out of not out of just pure have to do it. It's another chore on my list. We do it because we love God and we can't wait to spend all eternity with him. You know, hell, there's a, a caricature of hell as being this place where the devil sits on his little throne ruling and he's just having this grand party down there. That's not what hell is. Hell is the absence of God. You're not going to be with your friends in hell having a great time or, you know, you're going to be down there completely alone, all by your lonesome in torment for all eternity because you will be without the presence of God and your soul will just languish in this pain and suffering, not being able to exist in the presence of the almighty creator. Hell is a depressing and lonely place. And so we must seek holiness because we want to be with God forever and ever and ever. Hell is the opposite of joy and happiness. And so that's what we have to keep in mind. In St. Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 5, uh, our Lord goes up onto the mount because he sees the crowds gathering and he goes up on the mount and he begins to give them the Beatitudes. And this is juxtaposed against the Moses going up and giving the law to the Israelites in the wilderness. And so our Lord, who is now painted as the new, as the new Moses, is, is giving them the new law. It's actually the fulfillment of the old. He's now fulfilling the Ten Commandments. In the, we've got the letter of the law. Now we have the spirit, the heart of the law. And he, he says things like, you have heard it said that if you, you know, if you murder somebody, then you're liable to judgment. But I tell you, if you say you are a fool, then you're liable to judgment. And he goes on to, to talk about each of these, these very key points in the commandments and their fulfillment. And so it's a very good, good place for us to be looking at for seeking holiness, because that's what he's talking about here. That's what the Beatitudes give us, this framework by which we can seek holiness. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted 
persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. It goes on to talk about being salt of the earth. In verse 13 of chapter 5 of St. Matthew's Gospel, it says, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trodden under the foot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Notice the two right back to back. All the Beatitudes. And then right after the context in which we are to put those Beatitudes into play. That's in our daily lives. We are not secret undercover Christians. We're Christians in everything we do. We're followers of the Most High. Our Lord Jesus Christ died for us on a cross, and we're going to live it out in private and in public. We're going to be the salt of the earth. We're going to be the light set on a lampstand for all to see. We're going to be the city set on a hill. We're not going to be any mistake. And guess what? They're going to hate us. Isn't that what we've seen When we stand up for the faith, like in Notre Dame, we stood up for the faith in Notre Dame, and yet we're arrested there. And many of our own kind told us to shut up and go away. And it's okay to honor a man. It's all about dialogue, I hear. You want dialogue, then bring him to a debate and discuss the issues. You don't present him with high honors and pat him on the back and say, attaboy, Now go spend trillions more killing babies around the world. We should be praying for him, praying for Obama, not giving him doctorates right now. In his conversion, then we can honor him. Honor him for his conversion. Honor him for his his devotion to our Lord once we see it. And Jesus says, it's by their works that they shall be known. And so it's very crucial for us to look past all this negativity, all this pressure for us to be quiet and sit in our place. It's okay for you to to think of whatever you want to think as long as you don't act on it. That's what they want you to do. But you have to do better than that. You have to be the salt of the earth. You have to seek after holiness. And that's what we need to do tonight. We have to talk about what it means to seek after holiness. In verse 48, of that same chapter. We're going to skip forward here just a little bit. It says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's out of the the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. In John, actually let's skip to Mark's gospel. This is what happens. I I set up all my little post-it notes so I can skip right to the verses. And then my post-it notes fell out of my Bible. That's what you get. I'm also trying to do a live show tonight. So uh, you get what you get. Chapter 8, verse 38. 
For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Wow. <laughs> Let me read that to you again. This is Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 38. Jesus says, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now let's skip forward to the book of Revelation. Chapter 3, verse 15. Our Lord says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered. I need nothing. Not knowing that you are a wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may be rich and white garments to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen, and solve to anoint your eyes, that you may see. Those whom I love I reprove and chasten, so be zealous and repent. Those two verses back to back should give you a pretty clear picture of what, how far we are to, be, to go and to be serious about our faith. Should we be outspoken about abortion? Yes. Why? Because all human persons, no matter how tiny they are, have the right to life. No matter the circumstances by which they were conceived, it is not their fault if they were conceived in sin, out of wedlock, through rape or incest. They are not to be punished. Two wrongs don't make a right. The woman who undergoes such traumatic event in her life, such as a rape, for example, does not need to be traumatized twice with an abortion too. So every single life has the right to life because it's all made in the image and likeness of God. So should we be outspoken about that? Yes, absolutely. We must be outspoken about that. We must be outspoken about the attack on marriage between one man and one woman. We must be outspoken about the faith. We must be salt to the earth, light to not only our house, but to all the world because we live in a dark world. And so Christians seek holiness. Seek holiness. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. In John 7, uh, verse 7, it says, The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. That's our Lord. He's testifying that the works of this world are evil. So we must take a stand. We must be either hot or cold, but not lukewarm. We don't want to be spewed out of his mouth. We want to testify to Jesus so that he might testify to us at that very crucial moment at our judgment. You know, Revelations 21, 27 says that nothing unclean will enter heaven. Nothing. Nothing. And so we must seek holiness. And even though we stumble and fall, Jesus Christ, in his infinite wisdom, has given us the sacrament of reconciliation so that like the prodigal son, even though we, we, we don't quite attain the holiness, sometimes we fall big time, like myself. 
we have the, the means by which to be restored to full dignity. And so we must stand up. We must seek after holiness. We must find a way. We must find a way to say to this world, repent, repent. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, real quick. Blessed be, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Holy and blameless before God. That's what we're after. And even though you have a priest in Miami who is now in a vocational crisis, we know that he can come back. He has the sacrament of reconciliation like you and I. And so pray for him. Pray for him. But this world wants to use that as the opportunity to attack the priesthood and the celibacy. I did a podcast on that topic. So go down to my blog, catholichack.com. Down the right-hand side, there you will see uh, a show on the priestly celibacy. And so listen to that. I explain how it goes all the way back in antiquity and how it's extremely biblical. It's the way to go. It's a discipline. But it's a discipline that has its absolutely useful merits. It's, I'm not choosing the right words right now, but it's the one that the church, in its infinite wisdom, given, it, given the grace by God himself, has discerned is the way to go. And so listen to that podcast. Well, once again, I want to encourage you. Seek holiness in this dark world. Keep your eyes on Christ, not on the waves. And you too can step out of the boat and come to our Lord Jesus Christ. Be the salt of the earth, the light set on a lampstand, the city set on a hill. Be holy brothers and sisters, be holy and seek after our Lord Jesus Christ. Like hack news and views. Where are you now? I'm sitting in my office. I doubt that. Why would you doubt that? If you were in your office right now, we'd be having this conversation face to face. All right. Okay, we're going to go on to some other uh, items that I wanted to bring up and haven't done so in a long time. For example, I've been very blessed to have been given a, a screening copy of the DVD Testimony. This is an excellent DVD. I highly recommend it. I'm going to put a link to it on my blog, www.catholichack.com. It's the untold story of Pope John Paul II. Now, this comes uh, to us from his secretary, and we're going to listen to the this trailer of this DVD once again, you should check this out on my blog to actually see the trailer. You can actually uh, go to the link, too. So let's listen to the trailer of Testimony, the DVD. What did he do for the church and for the world? What was the Wojtyla phenomenon? Byłem z nim prawie 40 lat, dokładnie 39. Towarzyszyłem mu we wszystkich podróżach i w życiu codziennym. On z Wadowicami był bardzo związany. Może wtedy zaczęła się 
historia jego powołania. To były momenty dramatyczne. Ręka Boża prowadziła, byśmy nie pojechali do apartamentu, bo to byłby koniec. Dziś mogę to powiedzieć, bo to utrzymywaliśmy raczej w dyskrecji. Ojciec Święty napisał list, którego nigdy nie wysłał, ale ten list, pismo się zachowało. Mówi się o cudach za życia. Byłem wiele razy świadkiem prawdziwych cudów. Dziś możemy mówić o tych sekretach. Przekonałem się, że opętanie to jest rzeczywistość. To nie są legendy. Może raz tylko widziałem w jego oczach. Papież nie był aktorem. Nie grał papieża. On nie pokazywał, że jest święty. To tu tu, cały twój. To był ostatni napis w jego życiu. 21.37 na monitorze ukazało się ostatnie uderzenie serca. It's a beautiful trailer. I highly recommend that you stop by the blog www.catholichack.com and take a listen and a see to that and then stop by their website and the link will be right there and you can actually pick up your copy of the testimony DVD. Excellent, excellent, excellent. You know what I really liked about this? The fact that Pope John Paul II is sort of my pope. He was the pope when I came into the church and received my sacraments. He was the pope that I fell in love with when I discovered theology of the body, which was life-changing for me. Life-changing. And my wife and I were blessed to have taught theology of the body to uh, engaged couples in a pre-canic conference in New Hampshire for about three years in a row. And so what a blessing it was to sort of participate in somewhat uh, tangentially in the ministry of this beloved pontiff, our Papa, Pope, Pope John Paul II. And in 2005, my family was very blessed to go on pilgrimage to Rome, where we went to the tomb of Pope John Paul and were able to sit there and pray. It was an extremely moving experience. And so this DVD got, uh, gave us the opportunity to see into part of his life that we never got to um, hear about before. For example, did you know there was uh, a second assassination attempt on his life? I didn't. Well, this, this DVD will cover that. Also, the fact that he had healings, that he prayed for people and they were, people were healed. There was exorcism that he, that he performed in the Vatican. The fact that he was just a personal, personable pope. He really loved people. He loved to get into the, uh, the lives of people. And so he would be one-on-one. Um, -on -one. In fact, just this week in another podcast uh, called Love and Responsibility, uh, one of the ex-Swiss guardsmen, actually gave his testimony about his service at the Vatican and about how the Pope actually, you know, encountered him on a very personal level on a few occasions and how it totally transformed his life. That's what I loved about the Pope. And that's what this DVD allowed me to see. And so I was truly blessed by that. You know, I really encourage you to pick this up. Because you need to be motivated. You need to be inspired by great men such as Pope John Paul II. And Cardinal Giewicz, his personal secretary for over 40 years, 
he really lets you in on the he lets you in on the inside there. He gives you the inside pass. And it is a moving, moving experience to watch this DVD. So once again, cannot highly recommend it enough. Please stop by and check it out. During this year of St. Paul, Catholics around the globe have been harnessing the power of new media and social networking sites such as Facebook and Twitter to reach out and evangelize to a worldwide audience. Would you like to learn more about Catholic new media, discover how parishes are reaching out to their flock in new and exciting ways? Attend this year's Catholic New Media Celebration being held in San Antonio, Texas on Saturday, June 27th. Hear from keynote speakers, noted author Patrick Madrid and Father Dave Dwyer of Sirius XM Radio's Busted Halo Show. Enjoy a concert by Catholic musical artist Sarah Bauer. Network with Catholic new media professionals and consumers at this day-long celebration. Learn more about podcasting, blogging, streaming video, and more. Hosted by the StarQuest Production Network, leaders in Catholic new media, this year's Catholic new media celebration promises to be bigger and better than ever. For details and registration, visit celebration.sqpn.com. Are you going to go? Are you going to the Catholic New Media Conference in San Antonio, Texas next month? And um, I'm going. In fact, I'm giving a breakout session on promoting the podcast or the blog or the videocast or any sort of new media that you might be doing. So I hope to see you there. And it is my tradition. I started this last year at the last year's Catholic New Media Conference that I'm going to bring my my Bible with me. And I always carry it with me wherever I go. But I'm going to ask that if, you, if you're there, if you'll come up and, and see me and ask to sign my Bible. That sounds kind of weird. I get that. But you know what? This book is very important to me. And so we live in a community. Our faith is bigger than ourselves. It's often bigger than our parish communities. And so when we get together in any sort of gathering, I like to experience that community of of meeting brothers and sisters from around the planet, actually. People whom I don't really know on a personal basis. I like to capture that that experience by getting their signature in this this sacred book and when I read it I, I think about them often when I pray for them it's their names in this book that I often will pray for uh, Father Mitch Pacwa for example is in this book uh, Captain Jeff who is uh, Jeff Nielsen uh, also from SQPN is in this book and many more so if you come to the conference I would really be honored if you'd come up to me and say hey I really love to would sign your Bible and, and make me get this thing out because I really want to capture your signature you know, I am a big uh, proponent evangelist of new media. And uh, the reason why is because we have an opportunity, as th- which goes along with the topic of tonight, which is seeking holiness, is you and I, everyday Catholics, can really make an impact. We can make a splash. We can be the salt of the earth. We can be the light on a lampstand, the city set on a hill. We could do that through new media for very, very little money. We can really reach people all over the world. That's been the blessing of war, of being in this community and new media of Catholics from around the world. Uh, and you can experience that too. So if you're not blo- uh, podcasting or blogging or video casting, phone casting, Twittering, you know, all of that stuff, then you need to start. You need to start right now because we need to get more Catholics involved in new media if we're going to have an impact. Oftentimes I hear it said that our, our Protestant brothers and sisters in Christ, they have the leg up. They're, they're always 10 steps ahead of us Catholics when it comes to technology and evangelization. But I want that to go away. I want that, that rumor to, to be 
squash and instead I want it to be the other way around. I want it to be those Catholics are always ahead of us. They're always just 10 steps ahead of us when it comes to evangelization. That's my goal. That's my dream. That's why you hear me relentlessly pound iTunes to death at, at the end of every podcast. Why? Is it because I want to be, you know, puffed up to this big, big, you know, new media person? No. Trust me, if you knew me, if you don't know me and you think I'm special, talk to my wife. She'll set you straight on that. That's not it. It's because there are strength in numbers. And we're going to seek holiness together. We're going to spread the gospel together. Jesus Christ commanded his disciples to go into all the world and to preach and proclaim, to baptize. We need to help that mission. We need to pray for our clergy, our priests, our bishops, especially our bishops, whoa, you need to pray for them big time. They're under attack constantly. We need to pray for our clergy as they bring the sacraments to all the ends of the earth. But you can help pave the, the trail for them. You can help that by sharing your faith in your environments. Instead of being evangelized by your environment, instead of being, you know, controlled by your environments or being influenced by your environments, how about you flip that around and you start to influence your environments? Maybe you're a Catholic who goes to Mass every Sunday, but, you know, you're sort of a, a secret Catholic. You don't really talk about your faith. Maybe because you're in a, one of those kind of jobs that, you know, like you're in construction or you're a driver of some kind. I've been there, trust me, in all those trades, and I know how those environments are. It's not really masculine or macho to be talking about your faith. You can change that. Who's to say that it's not masculine or macho to be a man of Christ? Did not Christ take up his cross and march on Calvary? Was he not confronted by a horde bringing out clubs and swords in the middle of the night in a garden? Did he not, instead of hiding in a bush like the coward Adam, did he not instead go and confront them and say, Whom do you seek? Oh, we're seeking Jesus. That's me. That sounds pretty macho to me. That sounds pretty macho to me. And so there's nothing to be ashamed of the gospel. And so what a great opportunity you have to proclaim that through the medium of new medium. And let me tell you something. This is the trend. This is the way things are going to go. So if you get in what, let's just call it the ground floor. If you get in on the ground floor now and start to develop your show, develop your, your style, develop your promotional techniques, you can actually see how you can reach so many people across this great and wonderful creation that God gave us for His purposes alone, for His glory. Because our goal is not to be big and puffed up and something special. No, no, no. Our goal is simply to be the donkey Jesus rides today. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. What does that mean? You know how many times I say that and I get strange looks or strange comments? The donkey Jesus rides today. That's my goal. It means I want to be used by God. Don't you want to be used by God? Let me tell you something. It feels great to be used by God. Just recently, I had an opportunity. A man came into the store in which uh, the ministry that I work at, and he was looking for a, a pocket-worthy, you know, durable prayer weapon, the rosary, one that wouldn't fall apart in his pocket. And I, I, I feel for him, you know, because I have the same problem. My rosaries, they just disintegrate in my pocket. I have to have either a twine uh, rosary or a wooden one on beads. You know, it's just that's the only way it works. Otherwise, they just don't last. I didn't have anything for him. 
I just happened to be in the store at the same time he came in. I don't usually work in the store. I work in the back. And I just felt this urge, give him yours. He needs it. Give him yours. And so I did. I, here you go. I just pulled it out. Here you go. You need that more than I do right now. And he was touched. And man, I wanted to cry because it felt so good. It felt so good to be used by God in that way. What a gift. And so I encourage you, I encourage you, come to the Catholic New Media Celebration next month and learn about this new media thing with the intent that you too will start to evangelize right away. Can you write? You can write a blog. Can you talk? Can you jabber on like me? You don't even have to be that good. I'm proof positive of that. You just have to be willing to be used by God. You just have to be willing to be the donkey that Jesus rides. So it's not about perfection in that it's about the attitude, the willingness to be used, the pencil in God's hand, the paintbrush with which he paints a masterpiece. So do that today. Sign up for the Catholic New Media Conference. I want to share with you now a trailer for a new movie coming out about the apparitions of our Blessed Lady at Fatima. I'm going to post this on my blog as well at www.catholichack.com where you can see this for yourself and you can actually go to their, their website. This looks like it's going to be a powerful and moving movie. In fact, the movie's shot in black and white. The only time it's in color is when the people are in the presence of Our Lady. They're washed over this color. It's really, really moving. So let's have a listen to this trailer. say the woman spoke with you. Yes, but... Padre, surely you do not believe that the Virgin Mary appeared to these children? Sure, Mama. We saw them from heaven, and she was so beautiful, Mama. I tell you, these lies will bring the wrath of God down upon our heads. We have worked too long for the priests to undermine us with more fairy tales. What makes you so special, Lucia de Santos? What if it is true? The children, they need to answer some questions. You think this is some sort of game? Withholding important information from the government. These are offense punishable by death. I'm not afraid. I just can't understand why she is doing this to us. Maybe she did see a beautiful lady floating in the sky.
Wow. It is really moving uh, for a, a trailer. Once again, stop by the blog at www.catholichack.com where you can see that and get a link to their website so you can get more information about the movie. looks really well done, and I think you're going to like it. I, I can't wait to see it myself. Uh, prayerfully, it will be a great movie. So come by and check that out. You know, when I came into the church, that was one of the areas that I struggled with the most, which was Our Lady. And I really had to overcome that. And I can remember, and I've shared this many times on the podcast in the past, but I can remember the first time I tried to pray the rosary. Uh, I was in my car all alone driving to work. And, and uh, you know, I had, to, I had a real problem with just praying about, uh, like in the plural form, you know, pray for us sinners. I would say instead, pray for me a sinner. You know, I would change everything so it was individual because I just like I'm the only one here. This didn't make any sense until I came to understand the communion of the saints and how we're all linked. I did a podcast on this on this topic as well. And for that, go to the the blog and down the right hand side, you can see all the shows and you can pick it out. Uh, the one on communion of the saints. But the real key verse, the real key section of sacred scripture for you to read is John chapter 15, the vine and the branches. You know, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. Well, if there's a branch connected in heaven and we're the branch on earth, we're still connected to the same vine. And all communication, all flow of its of its uh, vitalness, its blood flow, it, it occurs through the vine. And so if it's communication with a saint in heaven, it's deemed so by God himself, not by any other uh, miraculous ability of any individual, especially our Blessed Lady. She do, she serves at the at the at the sole purpose of God the Father. And when I came to understand that, it really blew me away to then pray the Rosary, knowing that I was surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Hebrews chapter twelve verse one. That's the communion of the saints, and so I can't wait to actually see that because I studied a little bit about. Fatima and about the apparitions and those three shepherd children and what they had to endure. Doesn't that go along with what we talked about tonight in seeking holiness? Because they were reviled by their own community, threatened by the government. Yet they still told the truth. Yet they still witnessed to Jesus Christ and his blessed mother. That's what you and I are called to. Seek holiness, to stand up for the truth. Even if this world says not to, we must make a choice. Whom do we serve? Will we not witness for our Lord or will we just toss him to the side? Like as in John chapter 6, when many and many of his followers left him because they couldn't come to grips with the fact that he would be truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the blessed sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. They left over that. While this world is surrounding us, it's darker and darker. We must be light. One of the ways that you can be light, one of the ways in which you can bring that life to the world is through your own family. And I recognize that for me personally, this is one of my weaker areas. I must do more to not only seek holiness for myself, by the way, which I've started to go to daily mass now. Oh, it blesses my soul to get up early enough to go to daily mass. But it's a real process to discipline myself to do so. But now, now that I, I'm trying to work on that, I must continue down that path. But I also must work harder at holiness in my own family. And I don't do enough. I really, really don't. So pray for me. I need to work harder. 
And one of the things that we've been blessed with is an opportunity to, to try this. It's called the Meal Box. These are cards. And these were sent to me to test out, to try out. And let me tell you something, they're pretty cool. My family and I have used them once, and we are actually, my son was like wanting to use them again right away. And what it is, is while you're eating your meal, your family meal, and we are good about eating our meals together. We sit at our dining room table, and we will have our meal together. So you pull out this meal box, and you just choose a card. And, and you just, there's a question on there and it starts the, the conversation. For example, this one says, if you had to describe your personality in terms of a form of transportation, which one would you choose? Examples, airplane, bicycle, cab, camel, hot air balloon, sailboat, skateboard, train, truck, etc. And then so you, you go around to your family members and you give them an opportunity to, to answer that question. And so that will spark conversation. But the back of the card, it gives you, and I'm showing this to the Ustream audience, it gives you a little uh, little food for thought here. It said, uh, a major gift we give our children is appreciation of their individuality. Pray that you can nurture the gifts your child embodies for the good of the world. And so you, the object here is to not just let simple conversation just be simple conversation, but to use simple conversation for an opportunity to seek holiness, an opportunity to seek something higher and greater, the good, the true, and the beautiful. And so it's a great way for us to try to, you know, include all the members of the family. And it, it sort of keeps the parents on the toes because they got to find ways to take uh, topics like that and try to boil them down for the younger ones like we did in my family. Uh, my children are... Um, of the newborn, which is only a month and a half old. My next son is going to be two next month. Then my daughter is going to be four in August. And then my son, my oldest son uh, is Stevie and he's going to be 11 this year. And so we had a, a good range there and we have to find a way to take this conversation and apply it to even the young ones. So it's a good exercise for the entire family. And one of those simple, simple ways for you to, to try to seek holiness even in your own home. I know that's hard. I personally know how hard that is because I struggle in that area. And so pray for me. I'm going to pray for you that you and I both can make a difference, a real impact on the lives of our families. Let's pray for the grace to convert all of our environments starting in our own home and then into our workplaces, into our social environments, and everywhere else. We must seek holiness in this dark world. If we don't, if we are just those secret Christians that never say a word, never do anything, well, we're being lukewarm. And Revelation 3.15 made it very clear. We would be spewed out of the mouth of our Lord. And we certainly don't want that. Nobody wants that. No. Let us be hot for our Lord. Let us be on fire for Christ. Let us be the salt of the earth. Let us be the light. Let us share our faith. We don't have to be experts. That's what this podcast has been all about since day one. So let's do that. Fire for Christ Jesus. Okay. Well, as we wrap up the show today, I just want to recap once again, seek holiness. We just talked about that. I want you to check out the Testimony DVD. I want you to check out the 13th Day movie promo. I want you to come by and check out the link for the, the meal box, these cards that I want you to get for your family. 
But I want you to pray, 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 pray in this dark world that God will give you the grace to be used, especially in ways such as in Catholic New Media, which is going to the Catholic New Media Conference, which will take place next month in San Antonio, Texas. For more information on that, stop by www.sqpn.com where you can register for that conference, get the hotel information, and get all of the, uh, the scheduling. Plus, my breakout session, which will be on promotions of your new media. So please, if you come, ask me to sign, to sign my Bible. I would really appreciate that. It's been a, uh, a jam-packed show. I tried to cram in a lot of material, but I felt I had some catching up to do. And at the same time, I've been feeling so heavy-hearted about all of the news headlines. And I wanted to talk about that and how I'm dealing with it personally, and I would love to hear how you're dealing with it. So give me a call and leave some voicemail feedback, and I'll play it on the show at 713-568-6277. That's 713-568-6277. The other thing you can do is send me an email at catholichack at gmail.com. That's all one word, catholichack, H-A-C-K, at gmail.com. Also, I have been uh, receiving a lot of new followers on Twitter, and I'm a pretty active guy on Twitter, and so it's a great way for you to stay in touch with me and what's going on, and I would love to stay in touch with you. So follow me on Twitter. My Twitter profile name is Catholic underscore hack. So it's not one word. It's two, Catholic underscore hack. Twitter.com forward slash Catholic underscore hack. So follow me today. I'm also on Facebook and Four Marks and Catholic Mountain and you name it. I'm kind of a little, I'm a man of many places on the web. But you know, one of the places I really like is Flock Notes. Now, Flock Notes is um, fairly new, I would say. Probably been out, I don't know, five or six months, at least as far as I've been involved in it. And it's worked out pretty well for the podcast. It's been a great way for a lot of people to get automatic feeds as to, hey, there's a new episode and this is kind of what it's about. And so I encourage you to check that out. Also, if you haven't done so, uh, stop by the podcast that I create for my work, which is Fullness of Truth. And that's at fullnessoftruth.org. It's the Fullness of Truth podcast where we play some of the best conference talks Fullness of Truth has to offer. And this recent one was with Father William Casey. And if you know anything about the guy, he can really preach it and you're going to like what he's got to say. So go to fullnessoftruth.org where you can find out more information about the Fullness of Truth podcast. Highly, highly recommend it. I think you'll enjoy it, and I would love to hear your thoughts, so please do that today. As always, I need to ask you for your help. iTunes is the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and we need to promote all Catholic podcasts on iTunes so we can compete with those uh, evangelical brothers and sisters. And so go to iTunes and leave a review. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a review and ask others to do so. It is so very important that we really get a hold of iTunes and get all Catholic podcasts at the top 10 podcasts. That will make a significant difference. Well, that's enough of shameless self-promotion. Until next time, I'm praying for you. So please pray for me. God bless you.
from the Catholic Underground. Based on digital.